Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus, I'm without a voice. Uh, it was North London Derby Day yesterday, we're going to discuss that. We'll look back to the Europa League and what's the score? Dire, dire, what's the score? Enjoy the show. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. I don't know if my voice will last this whole hour. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. Good morning, boys. Uh, as you can hear, I'm a little bit Barry White today. Um, yeah, there was a, a small game in, Lo- in North London yesterday. Um, where did you guys watch it? First of all, I'm joined uh, from deepest, darkest, far side of the world in Scunthorpe. Uh, joined by Mike, Scuddy Mike. How are you? Deepest, darkest. What's all that about? It's up north, isn't it? I know it's dingy because it's raining, but come on. <laughs> I'll be gentle with me, please. <laughs> no, you've ruined it now. <laughs> and we're joined again uh, from uh, all the way from Melbourne. Um, we have Max from Arsbrose Podcast. Hello, Max. How are you? Good, mate. Good. It's about uh, 10 past 11 here, so I've had half a dozen beers. and just recorded the Ars Brothers Podcast, so I'm, uh, I'm ready to go, mate. I, I, could talk for, I could talk for the next week about this game, so... Let's crack in. Before we go on about that game, we will touch on uh, Thursday night's jolt around the Ukraine uh, and all the lads that have made their way out to Polapfa. Um, and then, due to the political unrest and the situation out there, uh, it was brought back to Kiev and played in a virtually empty stadium. What did you make of the game, guys? Who wants to go first? You go, Scanny. Oh, cheers. Um, I only really caught the last half, if I'm being honest. I was really busy, and I, I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot. <laughs> so that that's terrible of me, I know. Uh, so I only really caught the last half of the game. Uh, from what I saw, it was really good. It was nice to see some of the kids, or let's say the younger footballers of ours, uh, in, in Ketia and Smith Row getting games uh, that they really do need. I don't think, I don't think Eddie was... Uh, out of his skin, played out of his skin. He, he was unlucky uh, when Smithrow picked up the, um, the loose ball and he scored at the first goal because Eddie had to have a caught under his feet and um, uh, Emil Smithrow caught the um, like the loose ball and picked it up. But he looked a little bit unsporting. I don't know. Did you see it, Max? I know the timings out there are a little bit different. No, I watched it, and uh, you know, I actually really looked forward to this game because for me, it was a bit of a, a a throwback to a Vengarian era when we used to be able to watch the kids run out in league cups, and it, it hasn't happened so much because the the squad's bigger now than what it used to be, and, and it doesn't happen the way it used to happen. But I mean, I was pumped for it because I want to see these kids run out, and I wanted to see what they could do. And, you know, they, as far as I was concerned, they turned it on for me because the the aim was to go there, to play all the kids, to get the points. They got the points. They scored their goals. I actually thought Eddie was really good. And okay. the, the, the primary reason why I thought he was really good wasn't based on his production, wasn't based on the fact that he had any any massive moments. But my biggest issue with him has always been that I thought he was a little bit lightweight. And what I was most impressed with was that he threw himself around, he got stuck in, he held up the ball, and he looked maybe a little bit further down the development path than what I had previously thought he was. So on that aspect, I was chuffed. Okay. Um, yeah, he did what he had to do, and uh, it was ugly, but he did he did the job, and he did it, I thought he did it all right as well. From and what they I saw. weren't good, but they were men. Regardless of whether their skill level was high, they were men, and the boys went out against men. And you know, I can think of times past when maybe we wouldn't have gone there and got that sort of result. So you know, up the Arsenal. 
Yeah, awesome. I think it helps as well with the a lot of these youngsters as well with the uh, is it because they're in the Johnston Paint Trophy now, aren't they? Checker Trade Trophy, yes. Oh, is it Checker Trade yeah. now? Is it? Yeah, oh, I can't remember. They, <laughs> they keep chopping and changing it. Um, uh, go on. But yeah, that that helps them and that brings them along as well because it's like um, <clears throat> what we just said a minute ago. You've got you know I mean you're playing against men, and in the lower leagues the these guys don't tend to mess about the. The tackle for fun and they try and take legs out for fun as well. Yeah, but well at one point in the second half we had um, six teenagers on the pitch, so you know, um, I don't know if any of you, you both saw the second half. Smith Rowe had a goal disallowed. Why? And they never showed a replay. I think it was Nick. It wasn't what happened for Smith Rowe. It was Niketia's movement towards the ball, and even on reflection, I didn't think that Niketia was offside. So uh, that that's the way I saw it. Smith-Rowe wasn't offside at all. But, I mean, it, it, even to the point where when he put the ball in, he had that look up as if to say, well, that was a bit easy. Mm-hmm. I think something's gone wrong here. Okay, okay. It was questionable. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, what was questionable was the uh, was the penalty that was given for Rambo. That was as soft as hell. But the, how shit was the keeper? Extremely. That was probably the milkman. There. He's probably the milkman, you know, in his yeah. spare time. So, I'll, I'll... you know, it's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, even even that we did play a lot of our youngsters, it's always going to be a tough game for them, especially with what's going on across in the Ukraine at the minute. It's got to be playing through minds. And so I think mistakes were going to come. And especially from having to move from their home stadium to Kiev, yep. Uh, you know, a lot of things are going to be playing on their minds. So I, I think, I think we probably would have come out with a result regardless, anyway. But, do you, but do you I, know I still mo- think it would have been. It's, a, it's definitely a playing factor. Do, do you know that that's the first time Arsenal have ever beaten uh, a Ukrainian side away? Uh, we've drawn um, one and lost uh, four of the previous matches. So. You know, it goes back to what I said before, Ferg, you know, as much as you can look at it saying, oh, well, you know, where was the, the skill level of the opposition? In times past, that's not something that we would have gone and, and got the score that we got and got the result that we got and really done it at a counter, at, at a canter. Yeah, yeah at a canter, <laughs> um, rather than a counter. You could, that's the beers yeah, well, kicking in, eh? So we, it's it's all right. It's, like, it's the right time of night for you to be drinking beer. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, I've, yeah listen, listen, I've got Diet Coke here. <laughs> Are you sure it's Diet Coke? Yeah, I'm definitely sure. I, it, listen, if I walk past a, a lit torch or a lit candle, I think I would just instantly combust. The amount of beer we drank yesterday was unbelievable. <laughs> um, Joe Willock got our third and he came, became the 21st uh, different goal scorer for Arsenal in the Europa League since the start of last season. Um, we're now top of the group, so we're we avoid any of those teams that drop into the Champions League uh, in the in the last 132 round, I think it is. Um, and Emil Smith Rowe has scored three goals in his past four appearances for Arsenal in all competitions, and Emil Smith Rowe has scored more goals than Alexis Sanchez for Manchester United. <laughs> Snake, good scum. Yeah, so uh, possession on that, we had uh, 57% possession, we had 13 shots on uh, on goal, nine of which were on target, and it was a clean enough game. We had 11 corners there too, so we just showed the pressure that we were putting them under the whole way. There is um, a bit about the post-match point on gunsandyellowribbons.com, have a, listen, have a look at that and look at player ratings that Mike Boston Ozel did for us, and we did do predictions on, um, on that game. Uh, I predicted a 2-0 win, uh, so I got a point. Manny predicted a 1-0 win, so he got a point. Uh, Mike in Boston pre- predicted uh, a win, so a 2-1 win, so he got uh, a point. And Johnny from the North Bank, on behalf of the guests, um, done also 2-1 and got a point. So that's enough of that. That was eight minutes of absolute shit that we didn't really want to talk about. What we really want to talk about, why the fuck my voice is so bad, eh? This is it. This is it. North London. Can I check? Uh, just can you see it from Scunthorpe? Can you see what colour London is? I can, mate. Yeah. I can say it all along North London. Oh, it's it, it's definitely a shade of red. It's very, very, very red. Very I wish red. it was a shade of bloody Dyer's blood red. 
Uh, well, he 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 nearly come unstuck big time. Listeiner had a go at him. We'll, we'll, He's a proper Stefan, isn't he? <laughs> we'll we'll get into that. So, looking at some of the match facts, as the first meeting between these two teams was back on the nineteenth of November, nineteen eighty. 1887 uh, on Tottenham Marshes. The game had to be called off, uh, finish early because of uh, due to poor light, and we lost 2 1. Um, although the teams first played each other in, 19, in 1887, the rivalry didn't begin until we moved and took over North London in 1913. Um, and there have been 182 games played between us. Um, the first one in the league was in 1909. Uh, we have won 76 of these fixtures. Um, uh, 57, Tottenham have won, and we've drawn 49. When the ga- games were played in the Football League, um, in, when you count the ones that weren't played in the, in the Football League, it's actually Arsenal 81, uh, Tottenham 63, and 51 draws. Obviously, where did we win the league and when did we win it? We won the league at Shite Hart Lane in 1971, which was a, a stupendous year because it was the year that the world was given me. And also in 2004. So lineups, what did we make of the lineups, guys? Well, I guess the elephant in the room is, is Mesut Ozil. Is, I guess wasn't where we in need the room. to start. Well, by absence, by <laughs> absence, the lineup. And I mean, back spasms. You would think for a guy who's been up against it, who a lot of people have been saying he was after a big game, for a guy not to play on something that's perceivably as minor as a back spasm, I think that there's a uh, there's a story underneath there that's yet to break. Well, he hasn't played for now. Was it three or four weeks? Because there was the international break. He wasn't play. He didn't play in Europe. Did he play last weekend? I can't remember. Mm, no, I don't. Oh, no, didn't don't, play against Bournemouth. No, no he didn't play against Bournemouth. Yeah, because oh, so three, he, three, wasn't the three right weeks off. Three weeks off. He's had two games out of the team. Two games back to back out of the team. Yeah, and the international break because he doesn't serve for Germany anymore, does he? No. Yeah. So there's there's rumours in the papers uh, that he may be off. Um, and before we go into the game, I suppose if we're talking about Ozil. Um, Ramsey comes on in the second half and he has a great game. Let's talk about Ramsey's contract and let's talk about Ozil's three hundred and fifty grand a week. Would you sell Ozil now and give all the money to to Ramsey and let him stay at the club? Max, Mike, I, don't I was going to say, oh, go on, Max. You, I'll let no, you. no, you go, Scanny. You go, Scanny. <laughs> Cheers. Um, in my honest opinion, no. Uh, Rambo, he had a great game. As soon as he come on at half time, him and Lacazette completely changed the game, and uh, the way they played as well. And the the top three with Aubameyang and Ramsey playing through the middle, and Lacazette, uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette pushing out wide, and the proper proper stretched their defence, and it worked to our advantage. I can't justify or judge giving Ramsey more money just because he come on at half-time and played a blinder compared to what he's done at the rest of the season so far. It's about sample sizes, isn't it, Scunny? Yeah. It's about looking at it. If you You've got to look the first, at the bigger picture. Absolutely. If you take the first two games of the season, Emery started the year with this idea of Ramsey in the 10 and that Ramsey would trigger the press and Ramsey would do this. So much so he parked our £350,000 a week number 10 out on the right to his detriment. So I can't look at one game that's a bit of polish, and yes, he came on, and yes, he changed the game, but I can't look at one game and at one performance and say I'm willing to change what I've been saying for most of the season. And in fact, what I've been saying for most of the last probably two seasons, that overall, Ramsey as a as a whole, is detrimental to the team with his lack of positional awareness. And this game was tailor-made for Aaron Ramsey, tailor-made for him, because he's a big-moment, big-game player who has big moments at times when he's required to have big moments, but on the balance of things in the small games is often when Aaron's been at his absolute worst. So 
I'm 100% with Scunny on this one. Well, I don't say know you could argue I... without, yeah, you're going to say you could argue without looking at rose tinted glasses with Ramsey. You could argue was it Ramsey who changed the game or was it Emery's tactics that changed the game? Well, Very good point. Em- Very good point. Emery's ginormous oversized testicles that changed the game. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, first goal, 1 0, handball. Uh, I can't remember which down the other end for me. Uh, who was it? Was it Dyer or was it uh, um, uh, Vertonghen, Vertonghen got a handball in the box? Strange, uh, strange handball to watch back as well. Really, really, whether he it was, was trying to get it his was arm the way it was covered, Mustafi. and I think it was, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. the way it was covered with Mustafi jumping up as well. I think he tried to get away with it by hiding his hand near Mustafi. Problem is, it didn't work. So, you think and it was he, deliberate, he could tell Danny? by Vatongan's face and the way he acted then? afterwards? Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, so you think it was deliberate handball then? Oh, because, god, yeah, it was deliberate because yeah. It's, it's lunacy. If it's There's no handball. other word for it. It's definitely deliberate. I uh, he tried to go there with an idea. It didn't work. Or not. It kind of looked like maybe he was trying to get his arm across him. But, I mean, no. by definition, you talk about unnatural position. That's, that's think... the most unnatural position a hand can go in is above your head. And I'll tell you another thing. Look back at it very closely. I, I would say that that was a 50% chance that Mustafi was going to smash that in. He'd risen up high. He was above Vertonghen. So whether or not Vertonghen just thought... Chances are it probably would have ended here. up as a goal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not guaranteed, but I mean, it, Mustafi had risen and he was in the process of Should, banging it in. Shouldn't Vertonghen have got a red then if he's preventing a goal-scoring opportunity? Uh, no, I think it was justified as a yellow. I think because of the way the angle was and everything, especially with the ref as well, uh, the Stefan, that is, Mike Dean... Um, I think the way it was and the way the linesmen were, I think probably yellow was probably going to be the best port of call for that one. Yeah, I saw, I saw him lead with his hand. He went up with his hand and tried to make it a little bit floppy in front of him. So it looked like it, he was, I, I don't know, it was definitely very unusual. Um, that, that was... Well, you could tell by his reaction. He knew what he was doing. You could tell by his reaction after, you know I mean, when the ref blew the whistle and pointed to the spot. He didn't, didn't argue, just sat on the floor. He knew. Yeah, it... He tried, you know, they they all tried. And to be honest, for that first 30 minutes or so, we dominated the game, absolutely dominated the game. And then go down the other end and our Korean friend um, decides to, uh, well, actually, Socrates clipped um, Son's um, heel and it it gave a very, very soft, but definitely... It was a free kick. I know some people were saying it wasn't, but Leno. I've watched it back a few times. It, it was a free kick. Um, I, don't, I don't think, but he went down like a sack of shit and made a meal out of it. But, but it was Leno, it was a free kick. Leno didn't do himself any favors in that because from where, where we are, you know where I uh, where I stand, uh, Mike. You can see right across the basically the the goal yeah. line, and Leno just looked like he for a few minutes he lost it. He was flapping around. Um, yeah, for a keeper to. Especially towards, you know what I mean, is the inside of the goal. Um, or should I say, I'm trying to think of the word now. Near but, post, he was caught. Yeah, caught to the, the near post. post as well. He, he did flap a bit, so yeah, he, he made a he made a huge error with that. He, he should have got hold of that, really. It was an easy, in my opinion, as, as seen as goalkeepers go, he should have saved that relatively quite easily, but he just made a meal out of it. I and think you pro- put it down to something as simple as that's the wrong technique for that style of save it's it it's a lot of what we had heard and a lot of what we had seen written about where Leno's flaws were and all we've done is just seen it here but I just said on the on the Ask Brothers pod I just did with Toby for me it's about how a young goalkeeper reacts to that and whether or not that kills him for the game or whether he gets up and I thought that you know, soon after that, Harry Kane whipped in a free kick and Leno made a big save. Um, I think it probably would have been dipping underneath the bar. And I thought, that's what I want to see from a, a keeper like oh, he, did, he, he did. He did make great saves. I'm just saying on that particular one there and in and around the the 1-1 one, one and the 2-1 is when uh, he was just a little bit shaky. But before we move on to uh, the penalty, Dyer and his goal cel- celebration. Ah, hello. We are joined. We are joined by the illustrious, um, ever controversial, 
Manny, uh, nice of you to turn up at some point. Oh, my bad. I was, I was busy. How you doing, gents? Uh, You're on, mate. All right, good, all good. Your voice sounds terrible, Fergus. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to do some Barry White songs in a minute. <laughs> I love it. No, it just means that you were doing the right things. I love it. Oh, I, I, I spoke to Max this morning because we, I, I went on to Max's podcast for a, a short bit. And I said when I was describing the game back uh, and I was absolutely starting to shake and you could hear it in my voice. It, it, um, I was shaking with excitement, reliving uh, just the whole events of the day. And the, I was with my brother-in-law and everything else. And uh, we saluted uh, you as well, Manny, and your <laughs> prowess and your achievements. <laughs> yeah, but it was a great weekend, man, on, on, on so many levels. Awesome. These nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. Uh, if you didn't guess, Max Manny's a happy man. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I am. Super I think we're all absolutely all happy today. Still grinning ear to ear, man. Like, yeah, I've just. Yeah. I was saying earlier, I've I've had a smile on my face ever since the final whistle, and my actual cheeks and that are really hurting. <laughs> they are, you know. That's it's awesome, man. Let's get into it, though. So, so. I kept on saying Kieran, and I shouldn't say Kieran. Eric Dyer comes over to the North Bank, and he puts one finger to his lip, and it goes nuts. Liz Steiner grabs him on the shoulder, and it all kicks off. The whole of, I think, about four or five rows back from me, all piled down. Everybody was trying to get on the pitch. There was coffee, there was beer, there was coins. It was just a rain of noise, abuse, and substance coming onto the pitch. It was just unreal. What did you make of it? And uh, is there any justification for Dyer to do that? Uh, and is there any justification for um, Listiner and the Arsenal uh, team members to act in that way? Or is it, fuck it, it's the North London derby. We'd all, all rules go out the window. Fuck it, it's a North London derby, and Dyer is a proper big-time Stefan. <laughs> and there it is. That, that's my take on it. I'll let other people go. <laughs> I thought at the time in the game, it might have been the best thing that he possibly could have done for us, mm-hmm. is, is go over and, and charge us up, you mm-hmm. know, get the crowd going, because I think otherwise... I mean, I, obviously I wasn't there, and the, the coverage, you didn't get a great sense for the noise... But I sent my brother a message very early on saying, fuck me, the crowd must be bouncing now because it's been a long time since we've seen this much bite and this much niggle in a North London derby. I hope we come on like a freight train. Mm. I loved it. And then if- I loved it. F- I loved yeah, it. I've got to say, the fight and the ruthlessness Hell from the player, yeah. players just on there was amazing. I loved it because, and, and, and Fergus, you made a great point, that it triggered not only the fans but the players as well um with with especially Dyer telling Ramsey to go and sit back down and doing all of that well to be fair right if I was playing in the North London derby it wouldn't have mattered what minute or what goal I scored I probably would have done the exact same thing except that Dyer didn't realize that this is a different team this is a different club at the minute this is this you're in a you're in a completely different universe at the minute bro to, to the one that was there last season so i don't even think he realized what he was doing and then karma is is a bigger bitch than than anyone we have known so and gwen doozy he got stuck in they he all got straight up i love gwen doozy i love everything about him for a, such a young kid he just seems to understand what it's all about what it's like to what it is to be an Arsenal player. Uh, did you guys see the video afterwards of Genduzi when he was leaving and he's hanging out the car and hugging <laughs> oh, the car? And I was like, "You fucking legend! I love you." Yeah. Well, he was coming up. He was coming up to the North Bank after the game, and he was just rousing the crowd up. Everybody stayed after the game. It was. It, it took us about twenty minutes to get out, but you didn't really care. Uh, before half time, though, Son again went down the other end. And he tripped over his fucking shoelace or the ball or something. That was the such a soft penalty. Such a soft penalty. That was never a pen. I've I have watched it back numerous times. I've watched it on different match of the day. Like, say something. Yeah, about match of the day. The, Sky Sports. I've watched it numerous back on numerous times. 
Holding caught his foot. He caught the top of his foot with his back leg or his trailing leg. But it doesn't justify going down like a sack of shit and die. It was a dive. It, there was no way that was a penalty. I don't care what anyone That's says. That's never a pen. Never he, he a caught pen. the top. It's like his foot brushed across the top of his foot. And it was like toe-end to toe-end sort of thing. There's, nah, he's, he's a... I can't say the word, but he's an idiot. Yeah, the, 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 the images on Match of the Day of you and I trying to calm everyone down, because I, I spoke to you this morning about this, Max, and I said that up until that point of the 1-1, the, the thirty minutes, first 30 minutes of the game, we really, really had control of the game. For that 10 minutes or so, we type of lost it, and the, the players started... Uh, they were definitely uh, riled and everything else. I was just so worried that we're playing into Tottenham's hands and that it could have gone 3-1 in their favour. I just wanted half time to come and that you and I could just get hold of them and refocus them because they just looked like they'd lost their heads ever so slightly. Mm, no, they did they, just a bit. Um, I don't know if you saw Kolasinac squaring up to Sissoko like, and just giving him a little push on the shove and oh, stuff. Kolasinac was squaring up to everyone. Man. The way it was Davis as well, didn't he? Like Davis tried to hold him. He pushed his hand away, ready to knock him out. Well, the was last that. person you would fuck with yep. on the pitch He's is massive. the fridge Kolasinac. <laughs> Mate, he He's was a ready fridge for with handsome feet. He He's a unit. War. He was ready for. He's an absolute I'm, I'm, unit. I'm liking him, Manny. I'm liking him at the moment. I know you and me on a on one of the other pods we did. We were we were both sort of saying mm. we weren't sure about him, but I I just I like that bit of physicality. I, I like that for the first time in a long time we don't look lightweight. We don't look lightweight anywhere on the pitch. Maybe maybe even with them. Um, with Socrates at the back, we look like we've got more gusto. He's always he's always ready to to fight and lump someone. He's, a, he's, a Spartan, he's ready mate. to do war. He just wants to kick someone into a pit. <laughs> it will be it will be a quite a lot of opportunity, a lot of um, uh, opportunities in the first half. Just no finish. Uh, it was a bit of a shame because he got himself into some great positions with him and Kalasniak. Terrified, is it? Or, or, oh, or yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. terrified him, and he was ripping uh, Foyth's a new arsehole uh, every time. But it was him who was fucking up half the time. He was losing his man, and we were just overturning them and overturning them and overturning them in that in that first half. Um, then it, it goes to to half time, and we come back out to find out that um, it will be and Mkhitaryan. Why why he was starting, I don't know. Um, but Awobi and Mkhitaryan have been taken off, and uh, Ramsey and Lacazette were put on. Put on. You know he's got some bollocks, hasn't he? He saw the issues. He saw the tactical issues that we had. Um, Iwobi, yes, he had a couple of you know a couple of decent chances, but I don't think he was as effective in a lot of it than he's what he could have been. Giovinio in the box, Scunny. He had his head down in the box. He kept trying to sort yeah. of throw feet over, and he. He's a player who I think is better in the third behind the box than he is in the the bit inside the box. He's better in those inside spaces when he's sliding balls in. And it comes back to something Wenger said a couple of years ago where Wenger always said he saw him more as a more as a connective midfielder than he ever saw him as a, a wide player. I think he's a better wide forward than he is as part of a striking three, if you get what I mean. He just doesn't quite have that that decisiveness, whether it's a confidence thing or it's a killer instinct thing, I don't know. I I, I go in and out with Wobes. I'd go with the killer instinct on that game. one. I, I tend to agree with you on there, definitely. Mm. No, I, uh, yeah, I agree. I concur with that. He he. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think the the occasion sort of got to him a little bit, um, especially when when he was like. I think it was Aubameyang who played him through and all he needed to do was just cut back on his right and just let a shot go. But he was just thinking too much and, and, and trying to do too much. I just think the occasion was a bit was a bit too big for him. I think him coming off the bench might have been uh, better suited to him in this game. But yeah. His goal scoring stats are getting a little bit worrying now. I know there's a bit of... There's a lot of Awobi love out there, and there's a bit of rose-tinted glasses about Awobi, you know, because he's one of ours and he's a youth product. And, and and as Arsenal fans, the greatest thing for us is for youth products to achieve. But looking at some of those stats, if there was any other wide player in the Premier League who 
was converting at as much of a poor level as what he is, you'd be very worried. Mm, true. Mm. Good so point. We we came out we came out at the second half and we came uh, like a bolt of lightning. We just we just turned the screw, turned the screw, turned the screw, and we put just so much pressure on, and it paid off. Uh, Fifty six minutes in, Bamiyang uh, gets his twelfth goal in in eighteen games. Uh, what a goal! Mm. <laughs> He's smashing. The, the league's top scorer with 10 goals. Uh, it was just... But it wasn't just that goal. It was the build-up to it. Um, I think... Be- oh, Bellerin's, Bellerin, Bellerin's pass was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Bellerin released it to Ramsey, and Ramsey was just breaking up the lines. He, he, the introduction of Ramsey into that second half just absolutely blew Tottenham's defence apart. They didn't know what yep. to do with him. Plus, both the... Um, Strikers kept on going a bit wide, so the the centre the, the centre backs uh, went. I think Tottenham went to three in the back to try and counteract Ramsey, and Aubameyang and Lacazette kept on just dragging away their centre backs and creating a big space in the middle for Ramsey to run into, and that's exactly what came with that goal. But if you look at that that strike as well by Aubameyang, the ball actually does it drop slightly behind him. So it makes it even more difficult yeah. to get a proper connection on it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually realize that until I until I watched it back. It was just just a bit behind him, but judging by by the finish, you wouldn't even have realized that you know he had to adjust himself just a bit. It was a class finish, and all to the end. And the message to all these people that said that he's a he's a flat track bully and he hasn't scored in big games. Go fuck yourselves. All right. At the end of the day, he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League at the minute. Mm. And it's it, his most complete it is, performance. He is a proper, proper striker. Yeah. Sorry, it's, mate. It's, what was that, Max? It's, it's his most complete performance to Arsenal to date. Yep. What we've seen to date is we've seen the predatory instinct. We've seen the finishing so far. But to see him press, push, come a little bit deeper, go wide, link up. He worked his whole off for the whole game. I think that if you looked at the stats for running meters, he must have been top three. And that's something we don't talk about Aubameyang with that much. Mm. So for me, as much as his, almost his goal scoring has been hiding a little bit of his ineffectiveness lately, it was nice to see him get the goals and be effective and contribute to the greater team. He was smashing. Yeah, he was. And as good as Bellerin was in that, in that, in that, um, Build up to that goal on the 68th minute. Oh my god! He, oh, he, he, ball. Oh. oh my god! I could have, I could have he choked knew, him. He knew it as well. He knew it as well. He knew he fucked up. Leno, as much as I criticised him in the first half about his mad five ten minutes, made a wonder save because that was that was I I thought that was in. I and if they got back well. to three one, I don't I don't I don't know if if we could have come back. I don't know. You mean three two? Sorry, three two. Sorry. I, yeah. Oh god, I could have choked the life out of Bellerin for that. The thing is, he had so much time to to pick his pass. He wasn't really under under that much pressure. I don't know what he saw. I don't know what he was trying to do. But oh, he is a lucky boy. I, you know, I, th- I think <laughs> wasn't his first one either, was it? No, he, it he wasn't. Had, he had a couple. He had a couple. The the um, I think the noise and the cold and the, of the atmosphere of the place. I, I, he was close to the touchline. He'd be near the, the Tottenham and the Arsenal. Fan. I don't know. As a professional footballer, it shouldn't really affect him. But maybe the uh, just the noise made his concentration break for a second. Who, who will know? Who will know? But we went up the other end. Uh, Seventy-four minutes or six minutes later, Lacazette. Did you did you watch that goal? I know it took a, a slight deflection. Again, Manny, uh, Mike, you know where you know where I I stay in the ground. I'm just on the the corner flag where yeah, all yeah. that melee broke yeah. out. And I watched the ball leave his foot, and me and my brother-in-law are standing there. We're looking at it, and it felt like it was going so slow. We just thought it was going to trickle over the line out of play, and it hit the back of the net. It looked so slow on TV. It was. Oh, my God. I, I didn't think he was going to score it there. I thought it was just one of them shots. Like he's just taking a shot. And the fact that it come off, uh, took a deflection off Dyer as well, just made it all that more sweeter. Mm-hmm. Mug. It, it went absolutely nuts in there. Uh, I, I, went, I, um, I think... 
I, I described this to to you, Max, and I described it to somebody else I was talking to this morning. It's like it was like my memory of it is like a dash cam or a GoPro, uh, and you see a crash or and and a rally car going off the road, rolling into into the ditch or something like that. Because my memories are, I can see concrete, I can see red, I can see people's faces, I can be, see people's asses. Um, I, I end up, I'm in the stairwell, being dragged down the stairwell, about to go onto the ground and get trampled. And I ended up at about two or three rows back, hanging on to, I think it was Simon and uh, Ivan or something like that, because they'd gone down a couple of rows. And it was just absolutely chaotic. That sounds like my kind of rave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are like was, my raves, bro. It was like a fucking proper mosh pit. Oh, and, man. And it went even more when Terrera... Oh, here, let me voice Oh, you could see you could see the celebrations and how it, how much it meant to the fans and even the players during players, that celebration bro. with Lacazette. It's you could see how much it meant and oh it was such a such a sight to see. It made me really, really envious of not being there. Oh my god, that's the one that's the one game I actually really wished I was at. It was I loved the fact that somebody let off a flare. Like, you know, all of a sudden it looked like we went from London to Istanbul and we were like Galatasaray or something. It was it looked amazing. I'm like for once the Emirates is rocking. The Emirates I is going absolutely crazy. I can only imagine what it was like in there. Ugh, I'm I'm gutted. Uh, and the um there's some pictures, some press pictures yeah. of some people standing up and they can see the smoke going up and they're yeah. going over to the... Uh, I can't... Did that, Did one go off in the North Bank and in the clock end or was it just the clock end? I don't know. I don't know. The only one I saw was at the clock end. Okay. I, by that stage, I, everything had gone out the window, mate. I, I was... Uh, we, were, we were kissing each other and all sorts. And then we started singing... A song and the song that will give the title to this podcast, and it was Dyer. What's the score? Dyer, Dyer, what's the score? You know what? You know, Eric, Eric Dyer, right, has taken so many L's in this game. And to all of those pundits and writers and all those idiots who actually had the nerve to put um, Dyer in their combined 11 over Terrera, isn't it ironic that? Torreira is the one who spins away from Dial, makes him look like an idiot for missing the tackle, and then buries it like a striker on form. I I didn't even realise that. Theo Walcott finish that fade across that that fade across the net. You could have sworn it was Theo for a second. I I just I you know what I was I was watching it right. I was I was with my brother. I was sitting there and I was watching it and. I was just praying for him to bury it. I didn't even realise that Lacazette was was free in the middle. I was like, bro, just just bury this. And when he scored, me and my brother lost it. Absolutely lost it. And then to see him celebrate, all right, rip his shirt off, scream, slide on the floor, just man, please. Please. I didn't see any of that. Oh <laughs> I can I, I can only imagine what you weeks. saw. I said oh. it a couple of weeks ago on on the pod. I I said I would love to see this guy get his first goal in the North London derby. We said that and last week. Admi- and I will admit when the goal went in, this is how emotion how emotionally connected I was to the game and the ride of the game. I actually had a tear in my eye for Torreira for what he's done for the club and how responsible he is for changing the way that we're playing the way that we look, the sort of physicality we have. For me, that's a moment that I'll remember forever as an Arsenal fan. You have little things, you know, like Arshavan's four against Liverpool. Mm. I remember that forever. You know, that Torreira goal, the time at which it happened, the fact that he had borderline been the best player on the pitch again for about the third week running. And he was unlucky. It's becoming difficult to give him man of the match. Mm-hmm. Because and, he's like, oh, I should really give it to someone else. And he was unlucky. He didn't put one in the top corner on he, oh, a minute he beforehand. banked that. That was going top bins. I, was, I, I thought it was in. Mm, so we all did. Moment was gonna we happen. all did. So we all did. It's a special moment say, for I need to say fans. something about this. Go on, Mike. Yeah, what I was going to say was, like I say before, his celebration, uh, just to see him and Gwendouzi, who are new to the club, 
and this the way they were celebrating the win just makes them you know what I mean it cuts them above anyone at the minute for me with the, them too there, there is a togetherness among the the, 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 the group the players like uh, Gwendouzi after the game he came up to the North Bank and he's celebrating with all the uh, all, all the Arsenal fans and he's uh, riling them up and he's kissing Aubameyang's boot and you know oh that was funny <laughs> yeah it's just it, 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 there is there seems to be it seems a nice dressing room. And I don't mean that in the sense of a, a pleasant place. I think it's probably quite testosterone filled, but it seems like it's a good, fun place to go to work and people like doing their job. Like, uh, who wants to be a sub? Who wants to not start in the North London derby? Who, not, who, who doesn't want... And everybody seems to be happy. And who, who would be pissed off if they were taken off at half-time? Uh, most players would be fucked off, but they don't. There seems to be working right. Impact from subs... Um, we have eight goals from from the sub, substitutions that uh, Emery's made, um, and seven assists. So he's definitely changing tactics and everything else. But but there's a there's a good feel about Arsenal. We have got our Arsenal back. Mm. No, I, agree. I agree, and I just loved watching these guys go to war for each other. That, yeah. that that's what I loved more than 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 anything. It was. It wasn't just the fact that we had won the game, right? We won the game the way we won it and the fact that we were so ready to fight, to grapple, to talk shit, to rile up all these dirty, filthy vermin that we had on our pitch, all right? That, that's what I loved the most, right? Because for so long, right, these players, and bear in mind, this is still the same team, pretty much the same team from last season, Right, so bear in mind, all of a sudden, these guys are coming out of their shows and then they're ready to fight and then they're ready to get into these rucks for each other. Man, it was it was a finger beauty, a finger Max, beauty. Did you want to have a final I, say? I loved when Bellerin. I'm pretty sure I read Bellerin's lips. I've watched it back about ten times now. When Vertonghen gets sent off, I'm pretty sure Bellerin walks up to him and calls him fucking scum. Yes, I had that, that written down. I that, that, is, down. That, is the, that is the that is the that best is part awesome. of the game for me. That he walked over, ran over to him, and called him fucking scum. And that for me is an Arsenal fan who's playing for Arsenal Football Club. And that's something I feel really strongly about right now. That there are people who finally feel instead of being entitled, like they belong there. There are people who feel like there are people there now who feel like the fact that they're there is something that is special for them. Yeah. Special to be part of Arsenal Football Club, something we haven't had for so long. And the reason why, pulling back to the point we were talking about before, is that Emery has set a culture from the first day he came in from the first substitutions he made when he was pulling Jacker off at halftime, when he's benched Ozil, he's made it known to everyone that no one is above everyone. anyone. I do not care what your pay packet is. If I need to make changes tactically, if I need to make changes to get us going forward, if I need to make changes to solidify us, I'm going to make those changes. And I'd just like to say as well, I think that a big part of this has a lot to do with bringing players in like Lichsteiner and bringing players in like Socrates because what these guys are doing in the changing room is the unseen, untangible. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd, I, and that's where I'm saying about it's a good place to, to be. We've got a mixture of youth, uh, a mixture of Arsenal, and a mixture of experience in the likes of Lichsteiner, even Czech, mm. uh, and having some senior players like that. This is the first time that... Um, uh, uh, for, the last time Arsenal won the North London derby from a losing position at half-time was a 3-1 victory um, uh, in 2007. Um, we've scored more half uh, second-half goals than any other Premier League in, uh, this season, 24. And a stat that I really like is Tottenham have dropped more points from a winning position in the Premier League against Arsenal than any other side uh, in the competition. They've dropped 40 points against us. And they talk about fucking power shift. He's I was just about to say the same shift. Shift. They've got the nerve to talk about power shift. Man, fuck them. All right, <laughs> fuck them. Go you, back to your you know, squat. 
Uh, come know, back to yeah. Come back when you want to do a power shift. Come back when you've won some bloody go, trophies. Go give, you, go give your best eleven again, Tim Sherwood. Oh, oh, I would dickhead. love to see his face. Oh, I would love to see his his stupid smug little face. This is why he's a pundit and not a manager, right? Because he talks the most amount of shit. All right, you're supposed to know better. You, oh, let's move on. We 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 done the predictions uh, for that uh, that game. Myself and Manny both uh, predicted a draw at one one. I didn't know whether they got one one or two two, but I went one one, and so did Manny. Boston went for three uh, one to the Arsenal, and Scunny, on behalf of the guest, you done two one. We all got a point each, and the standings are: I'm on twenty one points, Mike's on twenty one points, the guests are on eighteen points, and Manny's slightly ahead. Now, on 23 it, points. Let me just put that out there before this guy moves on. It's just my voice. It's going. Mm. Yeah, but it is right at the right yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, listen, winning the North London derby is, is really important to us as Arsenal fans. But if we go and fuck it up at Old Trafford on Wednesday night, it type of takes half the polish off, off that. No, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, if that no, team that no, we played doesn't. against Tottenham... If we play like that, we will smash them all over the place. Like it I wouldn't oh, say it takes the gloss over. Not really. if they, not if they sit. I mean, we I, haven't. Played, I'm sorry, but I watched the Man U game against Southampton. Yeah, they're crap. one at a time. One at a time. Sorry. Go on, Max, and then Mike. It's on, a Mike. different beast when a team is coming at you, and Arsenal can get those intricate balls in behind. You would hope that Manchester United at home in front of their fans who must just be so pissed off right now, which makes me feel great. But you would hope that they're going to come at us. I don't think they will. I don't think they're in a position to come at anyone. And Mourinho's boring as bad shit anyway. You know, so I'd be very surprised. I, Toby and I just did our predictions then, and both of us predicted either a low... Toby predicted, I think, a low-scoring win, and I predicted a low-scoring draw. Also, if you look at the game straight after the Liverpool game, where we were on a real high, the performance we put in afterwards against Wolves was very low energy. Mm -hmm. So it can be very difficult to take this kind of emotion and this kind of joy, and we're all on Instagram, and we've got GIFs going, and we're on WhatsApp, and you know everything's happening, we're on top of the world. It can be very hard to then go and turn around and do that again. And put that same amount of energy. Again. It's gonna, it's gonna be a tough fight. Mourinho is gonna bring in as many bosses as he can get from Manchester, and he'll go to Liverpool and get some bosses from them as well, if needs be. And they're gonna be lined up and lined up and lined up. Uh, mm. It's, it's gonna be. Mike, did you want to come back in, or you got? Well, I'm gonna say I watched him play Southampton, and I just wasn't convinced. I thought they was really, really lucky to come out of that with, with something. And when you look at the defenders that they've got in Phil Jones and Chris Smalling, yeah, that's my point exactly. (laughs) And I think their best players at the moment aren't playing at all. Uh, I watched Pogba during that game and he gave the ball away way too much for someone... just come out on it. Just come out on uh, talk shite. Apparently, um, Mourinho has called Pogba a virus. He's got some nerve. He has got some. Nerve. He has got some nerve to be calling anyone a virus. But if he's if he's talking about that from his players, even if it is just Pogba, he's got the other, the other guys must be talking to each other. Say so if they say if he's saying that about him on a radio show or a podcast or anything, or even on TV. Yeah, he's saying he's saying that. They're, they're, the rest of them must be thinking, "What the hell has he been saying about us?" Maybe. I mean, the the guys are the guys are scumbag, right? But here, here's I the want thing. us to be to be the end of him. I would love Manchester. that. I would love that. But yeah. I have a sneaky feeling, right, that they are going to turn up for this game and play like this is their this is their cup final over here. You can. Bet your, you can bet anything you want, right? That their fans and those players do not want to lose this game, because you lose this game here, all right. The banter not only from Arsenal fans will not stop, right? Until we meet again, right? That's one because United fans deserve all of this banter that they're getting because they love to give it out but they don't like to to take it, right? So their players are going to be up for it. Mourinho is going to be up for it because even though he's facing Unai, he does not want to lose to Arsenal. Period. So. 
United are going to be up for this one. It doesn't matter what they did against Southampton. It doesn't matter how bad yeah. they played against young boys. This is their cup final. And I think they're going to turn up. Okay. I don't, I don't oh, know. I don't, I'm still sceptical. <laughs> I think they're going to turn up. They're going to turn up. Trust me. Um, I'm out with uh, my brothers, Dermot and Rory, who are both Man United fans. We're going to go out and uh, watch it. So that's good never luck. a good omen. That's good never luck. a good omen. Uh, predictions. I'm going to go with uh, 1-0 to the Arsenal because I think we just might have enough. Who mm. wants to go next? Manny? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think United are going to nick it. I think United 2-1. 2-1 United uh, I'll get uh, Boston's uh, from him and I'll add it to the league and we'll put it on the website um, Scunny do you want to give us your prediction uh, yeah I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal ok let's hope you're alright bro can we I have, have I hope so you said a, a low scoring draw Max yeah what what, what one, score one. you but not that 1-1 one, 1-1 one. One, one. One, one I've predicted okay. and do you know what okay. I'll be happy with it I'll be happy with 4 points from the two games. Hell yeah. So would I. I just have a sneaky feeling that they're going to do us because they always do those Stephens. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arsenal ladies uh, ended their 100, 100% record uh, on Sunday. They didn't have such a good day. They got beaten and properly beaten by Manchester City. Uh, it was a 2-0 win. Arsenal are still at ahead of the game. We were six points uh, ahead of um, City. Um, and Man City were coming off the back of a, a 4 0. They've got a 100% record as well. Um, the win extends City's second place to, and their own unbeaten record, moving them within three points of Arsenal. Um, it looks like there was a uh, Stanway um, and Demi Stokes scored for City. Um, we're still, we're still, we're still top of that um, top of that league. We're doing quite well. Um, and they don't meet again because it looks like it's got to be between Man City and Arsenal for that title. Uh, and we don't meet again uh, until the last day of uh, the season on the 12th of May. Um, our next league game is later in December, I think. Uh, but our next game is in the FAWSL Continental Tyre Cup. God, that's a mouthful, isn't it, for somebody who's got no voice? Uh, and it's against Charlton. Uh, get yourself a ticket. They're six quid online, or three quid for a kid in advance. Or if you want to turn up on the day, it's ten pound and five pound parking. Apparently, isn't an issue either. You can just drive up and park. But talking to some people who went to the last home game, they're starting to say it, 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 the crowds are getting higher and higher. So you might want to get there a little bit early if you want to park and and go to there. So looking at the um, the rest of the league, guys, uh, Liverpool versus Everton. It was a, it was a weekend of derbies. So we'd. Li- Liverpool, Everton, and Chelsea, Fulham. I watched some of the Chelsea, Fulham game in the pub prior to the game, and it was a little, wasn't it? Yeah, it was terrible. The Fulham should have been smashed all over the place, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I can't believe they call that. They even call that a derby. That's not a derby. Okay, there's absolutely nothing in that game. There's there's no passion. The crowd was dead. It was an awful game, bro. And the. Liverpool Everton won at last minute, sort of oh, extra time. Last minute, ninety six. Yeah, well, that, oh you, you, Jesus, in, injury time goal. I, who scored it? I think it was Jurgen Klopp, was it? Because I know he was on the pitch. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, I, I, I get the you know being emotional and all of that, but running onto the pitch, like, read, control yourself, man. Come on, <laughs> uh, control yourself. Have a bit of respect for the opposition, man. Jesus, well, you can't deny his passion. Can't deny his passion, but but keep it off the pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And and what Pickford was doing, I was I was watching it with with my older brother. We were having a good laugh at Tottenham, and I just turned my head to see the you know the final few minutes, and I just thought, you know what, just tip it over the bar, take the corner. He tries to catch it, all right. He tries to catch it and and messes it up completely, and and it's just a, a easy goal for Origi. I'm, oh, he better be he better be making his apologies right now, otherwise his car's gonna be left in stilts over there in Liverpool. You know, he, in fairness and in credit to to Jurgen Klopp, when he got interviewed after the game, the first thing he did he apologised to the manager of Everton and he apologised saying, "I don't know what I did. Uh, I, 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 it won't happen again." So you know, 
he'll get sanctioned. He'll get a fine. He'll get a fine from the FA. Another way of get them getting some more money. And Liverpool will probably pay it for him anyway. We talked um, talked last week about um, the Boca Juniors River Plate game, and it had to be cancelled twice after violence. Uh, it's been moved now to the Bernabeu um, on the 9th of December at 7:30. <laughs> They should just really forfeit the game, shouldn't it? Really, it shouldn't be replayed. I think River Plate should be penalised and forfeited. Really? Yeah, they're the ones who couldn't control their fans. No, on I get two that. Two occasions. I get that, but that that's never going to happen. They're never going to do that. Um, they did they it a few to... years. They did it a few years ago when something similar happened on the Boca side, and they, but never in the. Uh, their equivalent of the like in the couple libertaries they 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 they've never had met at this stage before well there, there there needs to be a conclusion to the game and since the fans over there don't know how to behave and they, they can't you know put their it's it's all good having a rivalry but they've they've gone way too far too many times so this is what's going to happen if you guys can't behave yourselves and if you guys just can't not attack the opposing players this is what's going to happen so i don't have any sympathy for those those river play fans and all all those bocker fans either because this is what happens you know what i mean and the fact that it's being played at the burnabout on a completely different continent well hey as long as the game gets played as long as it's fair and as long as those players feel safe enough to take to the field and play those that that game without feeling that their life is in danger because fans out there are crazy Mm. Well, it'll be a good money spinner for for the South American League and all all concerned, I'm sure. Um, somebody who sang about an awful lot yesterday about winning a double and uh, Sol Campbell. Uh, he's now the Macclesfield manager. Um, it's the same place as uh, Paul Ince started. Um, how successful do you reckon he'll be? Is he a complete nutcase? Altogether, I hope he does well. Um, I suppose starting at the, one of the lower league clubs, I think it could work out for him. It could not, but fingers crossed. I, I hope he does well. I think he's just a little bit too eccentric, and he's he's, he's just I don't know. I'm going to say one the one point he was meant to be becoming a, an MP or trying yeah, to become trying, an MP. Yeah, he was trying to get to, to be one of the local Tory uh, candidate around here. So yeah, so. Um, we watched a documentary on ITV4. You may not have seen it out there, Max, uh, but you'll probably get it on YouTube or something like that. It's an Ian Wright thing, uh, which was about racism within the uh, within the game and how it was a number, a number of years ago. It was first aired on the 27th of November, um, which was ironically or coincidentally uh, 40 years since uh, Viv Anderson uh, first um played for England so it was the very first black player to play for England the question was one day that the show was very good it was very insightful the very first it's a two-parter the very first one um, showed what it was like in the in the 70s 80s 90s you can see some of the antics on the on the terrace the stuff that the guys had to to, to encounter which you would have thought you wouldn't encounter the, uh, the in this day and age but we'll get onto that other little bit in a second. Um, but it showed Cyril Regis, uh, Brendan Baston, and the third one's going to out of my head, but the three degrees of West Brom. And the, the the football they played was really good. But did you see the pitches? Jesus Christ! How people played on those pitches it was unbelievable. And if you're getting dogs abuse at you as well, and, and you're trying to control a ball on that, it's just ridiculous. Mike, you watched it, didn't you? I did, yeah, and can I just kind of uh, point out as well to the Stefan who threw the uh, banana skin at the Emirates as well for the Tottenham we're, fan. We're, we're going to do that straight uh, after sorry, this. Sorry, yeah. I just wanted to. I didn't. I didn't know he was. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll get onto that then. Then, but um, yeah, it is, it is eye-opening. Uh, I think me and you had many a text conversation between it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and oh, yeah, the pitches, the state of the pitches, yeah, there's a massive difference now, isn't there? I was also impressed, it was one of the other things, other messages I got out of it. I've always thought Gareth Southcake just came across as a bit of a, a drip of a, a fella. That's how he always came across on any of his interviews when he was at Borough and stuff like that. But 
the guy can speak. He is really, really, a really good speaker. And I could imagine he, he'd make you think um, about yourself. And I could imagine being inspired by him in one of his team talks. Oh yeah, definitely. He knows he knows what he's talking about. I'll I'll definitely give him that. Like you just said, there he comes across, across as that you know me a bit of a drip, but he he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, well, it leads nicely onto or not nicely, but it leads onto um, the incident at the Emirates yesterday, where uh, when Abamyang scored that penalty, he went over to the uh, Tottenham fans. Should he have gone over there because we just criticised Eric Dyer to gone over to the North Bank? But when he went over there, um, somebody chucked a banana skin at him. Now, there's been a debate uh, on various different platforms um, and saying, um, you know, was it was it um, a planned thing? You know, I, 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 listen, before you jump at me, anybody, I'm trying not even to look at the screen. Um, he's, I, 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 I'm not belittling it i don't condone or anything like that you know i'm, I'm but yeah, who brings a banana to a football game first of all but if you were planning to do something like that you would have chucked them on at a different time i suppose still in there unpeeled so the guy could it have been and again it's not a justification it could have been uh a packet of crisps or a bottle or something just in his hand and he's he's so pissed off he just chucked this thing and it happened to be banana skin i'll leave the floor open and i don't take that as my opinion i'm just trying to get a debate and something going on there yeah i hope i'm gonna say i'll I'll just point out quick as well uh, before everyone starts that the guy got arrested at the stadium who did it? And yeah, so it, uh, Tottenham we, put out a uh, thing on Sky Sports to say that he has been banned as well. So whether or not that's banned permanently or not, I, I still don't know. But I just wanted to point, uh, just put that out there as well before everyone starts, and then I'll leave the floor to everyone. You should then. be put on a um, register and banned from every sports stadium and every sporting event for any sport anywhere in the world. That's the end of it. The only way you stamp this sort of behaviour out is by taking such an incredibly hard line that whether or not it can be justified that I found the skin on the floor or I was eating a banana at the time, whatever it might be, the only way you get rid of this stuff is to take a really hard line and say, thank you very much, mate. You'll never walk into a sports stadium in Europe again. Yeah, I agree. I mean... I don't care what anyone tries to to say. Oh, it, it could have been anything. If you're going to chuck, right? That guy knew exactly what he was doing, right? And and the question I I, I ask you guys is, would he have chucked it at Torreira? Would he have chucked it at uh anybody? Any would he have chucked it at Ramsey? Would he have chucked it at Kalasanak? I think it was premeditated. Um, Aubameyang going over there again, like like I said earlier, it's the North London derby. It, it, shit happens right he knew exactly what you were doing by throwing that banana skin at a black man you knew exactly what you were doing so i don't care whether it was a crisp packet i don't care if it was an an apple or a beer or whatever it wasn't right it was a banana at obamiang so you you knew what you were doing all right yeah there's only one reason why you'd walk into a stadium with a banana of course this it's this there's there's only one thing and after watching that um two-parter thing with Ian Wright uh, that we and Fergus was just talking about a moment ago again it opens your eyes it really makes you realize that these things are still going on and obviously that just proves it and like I just said again uh, there's only one reason why you'd walk into a football stadium with a banana there isn't and you've got to take into account right even though right that, that we were playing Tottenham the majority of their fans aren't even from Tottenham right there are more Arsenal fans that live in Tottenham than actual Tottenham fans right I should know I know quite a few of them all right the majority of Tottenham fans are from you know from cesspits like Dagnum and all those BMP areas full of ignorant scum vermin twats whatever you want to call them right so it's, it's no surprise to me that this is still going on uh and we're not going to talk about politics we're not going to go into that but what the climate that we're in right now it makes these people more it, it makes it easy for them to 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 do things like that right because considering the political landscape and the way the world is at the minute right hence why you know like kick it out came out um a few days ago and we're like you know 
these things are, are rising again in the UK. And, and it's not a surprise. So the fact that it happened, um, yesterday and the fact that it was, it, it's not a surprise to me, right? It, because UEFA, the FA, all the govern, football governing bodies, they don't do enough when these things happen, right? It's all well and good having kick it out. It's all well and good having all of these campaigns. But when it happens, right, you're giving clubs and, and countries all these small fines and that does nothing. That doesn't affect the fans, right? It's, it's little snaps on the wrist for these people. So like Max said, until you start taking a tougher stance and until you start making an example of people who are doing this, it's going to keep on happening and people are still going to be bold to do what they're doing. So we'll see what's going to happen with, with this with this guy, with this person. But I'm not holding my breath here. Yeah, like I said, uh, Tottenham did put out a statement on Sky Sports this morning uh, to say that this, the person who did it has been banned, but it just just says he's just been banned. I don't know if it's like from future games or banned again permanently. It, 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 won't, it won't stop anybody. If I got banned from Arsenal, I'd still get in there if I wanted to. Um, you can get tickets. Everybody goes in on other people's tickets, you know, different names. Listen, um, I, I, as, as I said when I started this bit of a topic, I wasn't condoning, I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing with it, I was only asking the question. My opinion is I can't stand any sort of hatred uh, and if somebody has gone there and done that, uh, let the the full wrath of the law and people uh, go at him. So, lads, my voice is just, just about hanging in there. Um, it's been really good having you all on, Max. Again, thanks. I know it. Are, are we in tomorrow yet? Uh, we are absolutely into tomorrow, Fergus. Okay. We're, and we're, is, we're is, three beers into tomorrow. Into t- <laughs> <laughs> I heard three sheets of the wind, not three beers. Into the, uh, and can, I like you, it. Can, can you confirm what colour North London is tomorrow? I, I can, mate. From From here. It's looking yes. very, very red. Very, very, very red, red indeed. <laughs> okay, Max, thanks very much for joining us. Johnny, I I, I nearly got through with, without one fuck-up. Mike, Scunny, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, and thank you to your little helper in the background for being very, very good. And that's not <laughs> you, Manny. I'm not talking about Manny. Manny, you were late on parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first yeah. time I've been late, all right? Okay. Okay. Remember, you can check all our content out on gunsandyellowribbons.com. Max, do you want to give a plug for your podcast as well while we're on here for a variety of people? Yeah, definitely. Guys, if you want to uh, to tune into a a bit of a different look at a a different podcast, you can tune in to me. I'm at Max or on Twitter, and Toby, who is my older brother, on Toby. And really, it's an hour and a half of dick jokes and arsenal so you can say that get again. amongst it you can say that again like you you bang a man and then direction and all of that uh, and then c words and all awesome. man i was laughing my ass off i was listening to that it's a it's a do you know what it is it's two it's two brothers who are less than two years apart who have been supporting arsenal their entire lives and it is a conversation that we would have with each other anyway so it's just a it's just an insight into the warped minds of two degenerates (laughs) it's a good way of putting it i love it (laughs) right boys it's been real thank you up the arsenal thanks for listening to guns and yellow ribbons an arsenal podcast by arsenal fans for arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.